We're about to kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, brought to you by the fine folks over at, where else? Geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy this show, and I think you do, the best way to help us out is just spread the word. Uh, tell everybody that you enjoy listening to Geek in the City Radio on whatever social media platform you use, as well as giving us a five-star review on sites like iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or iHeartRadio. Those reviews go much farther than you would ever imagine in helping us climb the metrics, which uh, just gets us more listeners, which just makes us a bigger and more nerdier family for everyone to enjoy, which we're going to do right now with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. And I'm your other other host, Cable Hashitani. Hi, everybody. Oh, hi, kids. Hello. Missed you guys. I know. It's been a couple weeks now. It has. Let's all knock on whatever wood we have that we keep power. Mm. Two of us have internet. I'm getting by. No, I know. Yeah. I'm amazed you've gone that long. Though. I don't know what's going on with your internets. Um, so, fun story. If um, if you open up a service ticket with CenturyLink, and then you go in and look at that ticket and like touch it or make any changes to it whatsoever, apparently it just deletes. It's just gone, and now you're off their books for them coming to service your home. That that doesn't sound like a bug. That sounds like a feature. Yeah, other fun story. Uh, if you go digging enough in the CenturyLink's billing system, you can find out why it's so bad. They built their entire system on Quest's old system. And those who live in the Northwest long enough remember the nightmare that was Quest Communications. I remember Quest Communications, but yes. I was, whenever that was around and I was in that service area, I must have been too young or to off doing other shits to have ever known about their problems. I feel like Quest kind of faded away around 2005, 2006. Mm. But yeah, CenturyLink uses the the base code of their billing system. Which explains a lot. I'm sure it's fantastic. fantastic. I mean, on, on the plus side, they're supposed to be prorating us for all of the days that uh, we did not have service. That's good. Um, Having CenturyLink myself, uh, keep a very weather eye on your bill. Um, you're going to have to dog them. Mm, Unless you good. got lucky and they just do it for you, but yeah. Uh, among the, the topics that I am now ready to literally roast politicians over, um, turning the internet into a public utility and doing away with 
all kinds of bullshit service fees is one of them. It is a utility. It should be interconnected. It should be damn near free. Um, right. Same could be said for all other utilities. Yes. All other utilities need to be regulated and no longer in the hands of privatized companies. I'm trying yeah, to remember, did they even, have they even done anything about changing um, fees uh, for bank accounts? You know, overdraft fees, over limit fees. Nope. Banking. All, all of these things. These are, this is capitalism gone. Not awry, it's going the exact way capitalism is supposed to go. It needs right. to be burnt to the ground and started over. I remember being blown away when I found out that the post office used to be banks. I didn't know that either. Yeah. The post I office. I wouldn't describe it like that, but but they they had some crossover in services. Uh no, I think I, there was a time they handled banking also. Hmm. Um, and one of the reasons why I think it slowly got faded out is because it was, as many things, it had to do with racial issues because it was usually uh, poor, poor black and brown people that couldn't open regular bank accounts, but they could open these postal office bank accounts. Um, and it helped them establish like residency and, you know, all that stuff that makes it possible for you to buy a home, which, you know, mm. government didn't want that. Great. Mm. <clears throat> all right. I'll do a deep dive on that sometime, but, you know, not on a show that talks about, you know, synthetic robots or I guess the robot is synthetic. I will still argue there's, there are, there are reasons that pop culture and real world should cross over and talk about things because sometimes the solutions are in our fiction. Yes. Just uh, our opinions on one thing don't mean, don't discount our opinions on the other. No, we, can, that is, we can do both. That is true. I mean, it's pretty frustrating that we have to like make up entire like fantasy worlds in outer space in order to play out and dream act um, a better society than the one we live in. Right. I remember that was the, the whole point of that was to see if those things would actually work. Put let's, let's make a television show about socialism to see if it'd work. Oh, it would work. And then capitalism went, Oh yeah, we can't have that. <laughs> of course not. What was that growl? I'm assuming it was a car. Oh, okay. That's I was what like, it was. I was like, Bean's very hungry. There has been a car in the neighborhood that sounds like that and drives around. Like, it, we usually, I only hear it at nighttime. If it's Ooh. around in the day, Merrick would let me know. But it, it's either someone who lives here and that's in the neighborhood and that's the sound of their car, or it's someone who works in the neighborhood. Right. Mm. Huh. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. uh, Sorry, well, how's, how's everyone doing since it's been a couple of weeks? Uh, quit, quitting my job and I'm going to get back into ceramics. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, actually, the two both aren't are awesome. necessarily go together, but, but yes, they are both good and exciting things. Yeah. 
they can go together. I mean, getting into ceramics might lead to a job in ceramics. That'd be kind of cool if you like it still. If I'm any good at it um, at this point, I wouldn't say I was good at it in high school, but I definitely loved it. And I've been think I think about it all the time. So I'm I'm finally like feeling motivated to try to get back into it. Cool. Will you make me an ashtray for Porchland? <laughs> yeah, sure. Ashtrays for everybody. Yay! I mean, I don't even smoke, but you know, you got to have an ashtray. This is true. Yeah. yeah, I already have like a list of ideas of things I want to make, and you know, oh, you, you could make a clay tankard. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mostly, a lot of the stuff I want to do is like sort of like witchy themed, like a cool um, thingy to hold your tarot deck, or well, you know, u- unique looking incense holder. Let's say, can you make me a really cool incense holder? Because right now, I I don't like what I have. Yeah, I, I'm I'm picturing like one incense holder that could do cones and loose or, you know, like um the, the discs. Yeah. You know, the, the charcoal discs or also hold like, you know, traditional stick incense. So Be a again, we'll see if I'm any good. Multitasker of incense holders. Yes. Universal <laughs> incense holder. The leather can also look like Mr. Peanut. Oh, shit. By the way, I think I, Bean's running off mobile data, so if she drops off nets and then that could be that too. I am, and I missed whatever you said, but I think it was funny. He, Cable wants it to look like Mr. Peanut, and I said, you would be making like the Leatherman of ritual work. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know. Okay. That's all. We'll go, we'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, well, what else is going on? I mean, yeah, things. Uh, I had extra days off from work, but um, as a side benefit to living in downtown Portland is that uh, when the power goes out around town, it doesn't go out down here because all of the lines are buried like they should be all over this city. Like a civilized place. Yes. Yes. Um, They're not because money. Um... But yeah, we didn't. Not sexy. Yeah, we didn't lose power. We didn't lose heat. We didn't lose internet. Um, I think the the most inconvenient thing that occurred was that uh, all classical Portland uh, had some technical malfunctions, so we couldn't listen to them on Sunday morning. Oh, <laughs> oh the the tragedy! I, I know, right? It I mean, very, you did potentially almost blow up. I mean, you were a block away from that potential thing. There is that. That that was fun. Um, that was Monday, I think. Yeah, I liked yeah. how like cables texting Bean and I back and forth saying, "Are you guys doing okay? You have no power?" And we're like, "Yeah, we're hanging in there." And he's like, "I have power and everything. Everything's good here." And then dot dot dot. If I don't explode, I'm like <laughs> what? <laughs> I am very well practiced in burying the lead. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> it's a it's but, one uh, of my superpowers. Yes. But it does seem like we've all survived uh Portland extreme winter so far. For now, That's we still far, have a couple yeah. months. We still have a month to go. Yep. Roughly. Yeah. 
and then we come to the uh, we're, we're we're rapidly approaching the uh, the beginning of the lockdown too, the anniversary of the beginning of the lockdown. Yay! Yes, now we that are. we're all still in. It'll be fun to see the memories in a couple of weeks when everyone was still kind of just in like, this is going to be a long vacation. I'm, I'm going to drink. to make sourdough bread. Oh, there's going to be so many bread, so many memories of bread posts. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm looking at the calendar. March 18th for me, so. Because Cable, even you were down for a couple of weeks, right? Before things reopened? Nope. Guardian um, never closed? We closed. I still went into work. They didn't want no one in the building. Mm. So we like we just figured we were going to have a couple weeks of, oh, we're just going to you know work on cleaning up clutter and doing this and doing a deep clean. It'll be fine. And then that kept extending. And it's like, well, shit, do we have to come up with a, a figure out a way to sell things that people can? I'm like, oh, God. Yes, you, we need to do all of the things that I told you four weeks ago we needed to do. That's, <laughs> that's a grand idea. Right. Yeah, wow. that became like four months of, if you had all listened to me in February, we wouldn't be having these problems. Well, I, that could be said for a lot of things. Yeah, I, like, I, I checked the receipts on that. It's like, oh yeah, no, the, the first time I brought this up was early February and went, this is a problem. They're like, nah, it's fine. We're we're monitoring the news. I'm like, what news are you watching? Because the news that I am seeing says, hey, this is a problem. Right. Nah, everything's fine. What news are you watching has got to be the the most apropos question you can ask anybody these days. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what news are you watching? I need to know if I'm going to treat you like an adult or not. <laughs> so, we well, I'm super pumped because after many months of speculations and not really doing their best to hide it, Witches of the Coast officially announced a Ravenloft supplement today. Ooh. Yeah, Von Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, and I am so jazzed for this. Uh, I know you are. Oh my what, god! Do you want to? Do we want to start with that or save it for the end? No, yeah, let's start with that. I guess we start with it. He's always ex- he's already right. excited. I'm already yeah. You can't. That's yeah. That's true. It's like Put giving the, the dog. The bottle it's like putting the dog, giving the dog a treat, yeah. and then taking it away to teach it obedience. Don't, like that's just a dick move. Yeah, you don't want to yank that bat shaped carpet out from underneath him. <laughs> um, no, I mean I I read the stuff. It sounds amazing. Like it's it's expanding beyond Barovia. I mean, obviously. Um, they're in court, they're altering a lot of the original domains to make them make more sense. Like the domain of, I'm trying to think, uh, Falkovina was basically just another version of Dracula. Like I think the dude was even called like Vlad something. Mm. Um, and it was a country that was like always at war because he was super militaristic. And now they changed it to where the the Dark Lord is still this very militaristic person, but it's a land that is always under the attack of like uh, hordes of, of zombies and undead. And they're basically treating it like a plague where like the cure is just as bad as the plague. And the, like, the cure is the dark lord of that domain who is just as awful as the plague itself. Right. 
Yeah, it's a cool twist to put on it. Um, what else? They're updating. I'm such a dork. They're updating Lamordia, which was basically the Frankenstein domain, with uh, Victor Mordenheim's daughter. She <laughs> now seems to be running the land. So it's kind of neat. They've kind of like, it's not like a reset of Ravenloft, from what I can tell. They're taking the favorites of certain eras and then they're moving it forward in a timeline. Um, they're also removing, as they did with the Curse of Strata revamped, all of the incredibly questionable material going all the way back to like first edition Ravenloft. You know, like Curse of Strahd completely redid the Vistani or the Cre- Curse right. of Strahd revamped. They got rid of a lot of the, the Roma stereotypes. In fact, they got oh, rid of okay. all of them. Um, Vistani are now more of a, more like a creed than a race. They're not just a single race anymore. It's, a, it's an outlook on life kind of thing that works a lot better. A um, lot of stuff like that. Um, I started seeing, now that they officially announced it, I started seeing a lot of people who worked on this book are clearly now allowed to say stuff. Hmm. And it's a lot of like BIPOC people, uh, 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 gender and sexual minor. There's a lot of hands in this book to make sure that it doesn't have those pitfalls anymore. I mean, you know, D&D and role-playing has always had that problem to begin with. I think a lot of the tropes of gothic horror lend themselves to be even more problematic if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. So Wizard of the Coast seems to be doing a really smart job of being like, okay, we don't, we said we're doing better. We are trying to do better. So let's, you know, stick to it and have all the right people working on this. Um, and they're also breaking away from like straight gothic horror. They're like, we want Ravenloft to do any kind of horror you could want. If you want to do cosmic horror, there's going to be domains for that. If you want science gone amok, there's domains for that. So whatever kind of horror story you want to tell, like it seems like this new Ravenloft setting is definitely going to do it for you. Um, they've got a bunch of subclasses, um, three new races, like you know the the Reborn and like the Revenant, um, the Dompire, so you can really get your moody emo gaming on there. Um, I'm super pumped for it. I'm, it's going to be a blast. And I'm really, I was really worried. I knew it was coming out. Uh, uh, Greg and I have talked a lot privately about what we think it's going to be because Wizard of the Coast didn't try to hide its teasing that much about what they were doing next. Uh, especially if you follow a lot of the D&D Beyond stuff. A lot of the Unearthed Arcana stuff coming out, mm-hmm. playtest stuff, was a lot of like, you know, Shadow Walker and like Vampire. T- it was a, they were not being subtle about what was probably coming out next, mm. you know. But I was really worried because, like I said, Greg and I would talk about it. He's like, Oh, traditionally, this stuff, this is probably going to be like a quarter four, so maybe for like a Halloween 2021. And I'm like, Oh, that'd be cool, but I want it sooner. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it, is, your wish. it is May 18th, yep, which I rather hopefully throughout in the world that hopefully enough people will be vaccinated by then that a close circle of friends can maybe game in person with this. We'll see. Maybe. Do you, I'm not going to give you numbers. Here's the thing. Most of the people we know all work from home already. So they don't have a lot of public facing. Sure. So there's that. I'm not one of those people. Mm. I know. We'll figure stuff out. Not only that, but uh, they have not yet been able to determine if the vaccine prevents you from being a carrier still. It does not. It does not. No, they do know that. It just, okay, thank you. Yeah. 
that all it does is it, it makes it so it reduces the effect of the symptoms. And even that's only 90%, right? Which is significantly high. It's very high. Sure. Um, they, fact, I think they've downplayed that part the, because they don't want people to go nuts. Yeah. Right. But they, they've, it's like, no, this is, this is actually a really good vaccine. It really works well. Yeah, yeah I, I just, definitely, I definitely see a lot of commentary about like warning people: don't go nuts. You think you can go nuts because you've been vaccinated, but there are a lot of other factors, including yeah. like vaccination rates in other countries. If people are looking to travel, uh, the whole thing about children. So There's like no conversation about vaccinating children yet, really. Uh, and like whether or not people will even want to do it because the side effects are probably going to be worse than the actual effects on children of having COVID because it's mm -hmm. not as big a deal for them. Yeah, I did. I did read an article in New York Times, lungs. I think on Sunday, um, <clears throat> co-written by a couple of people that have been working at the CDC and their, their article was basically, we have probably worked too hard at downplaying the effectiveness, downplaying the effectiveness of the vaccine. Mm -hmm. In our attempt to keep people hyper vigilant, we've probably set, we've probably gone too far mm -hmm. where people think, well, then what's the point if it doesn't guarantee all this stuff? They're like, right. as vaccines go, it is incredibly effective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even if you do catch it, I don't think anyone who's gotten the vaccine, the full dosage has been hops hospitalized from COVID. Like, even if you do still catch it, it just feels like a cold. Mm -hmm. Like your body's ready to to fight it or or what have you. So right. So the safest thing that you can do is if you were planning on being in a group of people, that if you've all had the vaccine, that makes it safer for that group. Like you're still yeah. problematic if you're facing towards any people who haven't. So yeah, I just like I every time people give me or anytime I'm given numbers, I like to play with them, and they're like. Oh, they're, we're up to vaccinating uh, 1.5 million people a day. There are 330 million people in the U.S. That is 220 days worth of vaccines or vaccinations. Mm. That's, that's a good while still. That's one dose. Like it, like yeah. it is, it's a minimum of eight months of vaccinating people. I think the I think the dosage numbers are going to start going up too. Sure. Uh, because we have a functional government now. Mm. <clears throat> I know, Mister Jacob. I mean, in terms of getting the vaccine out there, we've yes. also got a very functional government. And then the cages are kids are no longer in cages; they're now in trailers. Yeah. <laughs> These aren't deportation vans; they're migrant relocation vans. I, I know it's I know it's baby steps, but did I say death camps? I meant happy camps. We need to, yeah, I'd like to see them not take baby steps. They need to be bold. I know. Well, back to my one happy place, which is a Raven realm of eternal, which is a realm of eternal darkness where demons walk the night and people die all the time. See, in the, the next the phase with Ravenloft that I, that I'm excited to see, um, comes from wizards, other property. Like I can't wait to see Ravenloft exist in magic, the gathering. Mm. I think they'll pull it in. Because I always felt like Innistrad was basically Ravenloft. I, I want to see more crossover. I want to see Innistrad in D&D, &D and I want to see Ravenloft in Magic. Like, I, I, mean, I, want, gonna... I want Soren and Strahd to 
meet each other and either be best buds or there's going to be a war royal between vampires. That'd be awesome. Right? Wait, like, Soren. Uh, Soren is the lord of Innistrad. Oh, He's the I'm, big white-haired vampire. Right. I'm such dork old school. I went, you mean Baron Sangir? But that's a whole other vampire. Mm, yes, it is. That's a different family. Yeah. I, um, I have the, all the cards of that entire family. Good. Yes. Like a big dork. Don't even play it. Still have them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't either. Like, I don't um, know any of these people, but, but well, Ravenloft style uh, cards in Magic the Gathering would be just like one more thing that makes me want to go, maybe I do want to start playing Magic the Gathering again. It, don't. Don't. <laughs> B and I have been fighting. So during the power outage, uh, Jen and I took like our old ass decks. Like I think the last time we played was Return to Ravnica. And That's we, a while. Yeah. yeah, we both kind of got that look in our eye of like, oh yeah, this was kind of fun. <laughs> uh, Bean, I would suggest if you ever do want to get back into magic, pick up pre-constructed decks and just play with those. Tweak them yeah. a little if you want to, but do not. There is no, unless you are... Start collecting. <laughs> yeah, unless you are flipping cards on the internet or um, playing competitively for money, don't just like I know right. that seems like a strange thing to come from someone but who works at a game store no not at all I expect you to be like the the wisest counsel on these matters I, I'm like I don't and I don't want to diminish anyone who's like does that but if you are going to be a casual player and always be a casual player this is not the, the direction that you should go right and that's the thing is like I don't I'm such a dabbler. I'm like my my, mm-hmm. my five million embroidery threads over here and I already just, you know, scheduled a, a tour to pods possibly open up another hobby. Which is cool. I, I I don't commit a lot of time to any one interest uh in particular. I mean, I spread it out a lot. So yeah. and and magic is a is definitely an investment if you're gonna like really turn it into a hobby. So mm-hmm. No, I, or, I agree. It's why a, I've stayed away yeah. for so long. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what else I would want. There's know, a lot of settings I wouldn't mind if Wizards tried to bring back slowly. Uh, the reason I bring up the putting Ravenloft into Magic is they are doing a D, their first D&D Magic set. Really? Yeah, it comes out this year. I'm trying to remember... I think it's Forgotten Realms. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, but, that does make sense. But they've already, like, there are two books out for D&D. There's uh, the Guide to Theros and the Guide to Ravnica so that you can right. play in those realms in D&D. And now they're putting D&D into magic. It's It's going to be more and more crossover over the next few years, is my guess. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the only thing I would ask is that they don't make it to where eventually you have to play both to get. I, I mean, I mean, I don't see that happening, but I do feel like there's eventually there's going to be like incentive cards of like, and if you have this, well, I don't know, maybe not. I mean, there are people who would go really. I I only have to spend fifty dollars on this book to get this one special card cool, <laughs> done 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, that I could see happening for sure. Yep. Yeah. You're like, yeah, just for fifty bucks, I would have spent that anyway. It's like, okay. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, but you're right. So, because you, you mentioned Strixhaven is this spring, mm-hmm. Adventures in the Forgotten Realms is in the summer, and then it says two unnamed sets coming out. Uh, the follow-ups, the the false or the the quarter four set is a return to Innistrad yet again. It's vampires versus werewolves. It's literally vampires. There's Innistrad vampires and Innistrad werewolves. It's two sets that become one big set. Awesome. And they're releasing at the same time. So it's it's vampires versus werewolves. Awesome. I'm, probably, I'm probably going to buy that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. um, let's see. One last quick little nerd out Ravenloft moment and then we get back to the regular show. Just the other thing that has me really pumped is I thought this was that... the regular show. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Uh, Von Richten's twins are getting a much bigger part, which is really cool. Um, they've like kind of grown up since the series has begun, and now they're basically monster hunters on their own. She's got like some weird vampire blood because she's connected to Strahd, and her brother is a werewolf, and it's awesome. I, I presume that Von Richten is the Ravenloft's version of uh, Van Helsing. Yes, yeah, okay. very much so. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he is, yeah. Um, and was originally written in second edition. I went back and read some of those old guides. Uh, hella racist. <laughs> like, okay. like it was, like, I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable to read at times. Like, <laughs> Even in 1992, the people writing this should have known not to use like language that like fucking Lovecraft used in the 20s. Like, oh, and I'm like, oh, look, no. I know you're writing in character, but oh no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I'm just okay. gonna I'm just gonna take some of these elements and I'm gonna go ahead and yeah. Wait, when did you say that. that came out initially? Those early Von Richten's guide. The reason I'm talking now is it's called Von Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. Is they used TSR used to put out source books called. Von Richten's Guide to Vampires, Von Richten's Guide to Werewolves, blah, blah, blah. those were all early 90s books. Mm. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, like, for the time, were they were they obviously bad? Uh, I remember reading as, like, a mid to late teen and thinking, huh, I don't, I don't, know, if that quite, I don't know if this quite sits with me, you know. And then I cast it aside because, again, I was 16 or 17. Like, yeah, whatever. It's cool. Right. But, yeah. No, even then I was like, hmm, that's awkward. <clears throat> so, yep. That's the thing that has me super tumped. And I've Before, already placed my order. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> um, s- still surprisingly, it, like you sent me that message earlier this morning and you were still the second person on the list. Oh, somebody person. somebody beat you to it. So it's because at one in the morning they sent us an email that said the same thing. Oh, that doesn't count. I actually wanted to text you earlier, but I was afraid that because I I know your shift. I was like, well, I don't want to I don't want to text him when he hasn't gone to work yet. On Tuesdays, I'm there at nine in the morning. Yeah, it was like seven thirty or six. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Because it was it's literally, fun. I think it was like the night before Greg sent me a direct message saying, because they did this like GIF 
of like a Ouija board moving around and it just says like the, it, you know, it spelled out the mist beckon. And he was like, it's coming, it's coming. I was like, oh shit. Nice. So, yeah. Nerds. Yep. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. But that book comes out right when I will maybe finally be able to run the my Beetle and Grimes version of Curse of Strahd. Which right now I think has like eight people who want to play, which is just not possible. Oh, it's so many people. That's a lot of people. I feel like if I could, if I had the bandwidth to do it, I would run a separate game. But like, I was like, oh, I don't know. But like, eventually, people just gotta start paying me to run the damn thing. Mm-hmm. There's a thought. Yeah, that's me. What are you guys doing? What's going on? <laughs> Well, this is the perfect spot to take a break for our sponsors. First up, of course, there is Guardian Games. They are our longest sponsor. They have been with us since the beginning. Find them at 345 Southeast Taylor Street here in Portland, Oregon. So at the beginning of the show, you heard me hugely nerd out over Von Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. You can place a pre-order at Guardian Games, either the regular cover or the variant artistic cover. Um, there's no chart. They're the same price. So if you pay more for that variant cover, um, you're, you're being hosed. They're not supposed to charge more for it. Um, and Guardian Games does not charge more for it. But you do have to place an order specifically, especially if you want those variant covers, you have to order for those. And also, as of about a day ago, they were giving away free Guardian Games branded t-shirts with any purchase of $100 or more. They also now have a customer loyalty program. You earn a dollar for every point you spend. Um, You basically just sign up when you check out. Uh, They don't spam you or anything. I think the only email you get is the one that says, hey, thanks for joining the loyalty program. So uh, that's pretty cool. You know what? Uh, Yeah. That just encourages all to buy more games so we can get more points because there's nothing better for gamers than to gamify their gaming. Oh. So (laughs) please check them out. Guardian Games. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And when you do, please thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Just like our next sponsors, of course, Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue here in Portland, Oregon. They are one of the city's greatest comic book shops, and that is saying a lot in this town because we've got some winners. Uh, Last night... The CW debuted The uh, Adventures of Superman and Lois, and it was fantastic because it was a smiling Superman who you could see, you know, in color and wasn't constantly being rained on and frowning. Uh, It was great. It was wonderful. And it made me tear up a couple times because that's what Superman is supposed to be. And you can find all of the adventures of the man of tomorrow (laughs) at Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue. Uh, if you're like, well, Superman's boring, da, da, da. first, you're wrong. Second, pick up some good Superman books and uh, have your opinion change. But even then, if you still can't bring yourself to enjoy the cape and cowl adventures of the man from Krypton, there are tons of other stories out there. Superhero, horror, detect, doesn't matter. Uh, comics are a format, not a genre. And you will find your favorite genre at Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon. And when you're in there, give them a big old thanks for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. And as always, uh, Geek in the City Radio owes a special thanks to Rev Nat of Reverend Nat's Hard Cider for hooking us up with this uh, socially distant equipment so we can keep the show coming to you live every single week. 
when the power of the internet is not down, at least. And um, yeah, he has uh, provided microphones and earphones for some of us so that the show still sounds good. Rev Nat in his brand new massive facility, the official beverage of the 2020 and now 2021 uh, stay-at-home pandemic, happy fun times, let's drink cider and get back to the show. Or we jump right into WandaVision. That's what I thought we were going to do. I, 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 I am sorry that uh, the chat is down. Yeah, I don't know what is up with the YouTube's Yahoo chat. been, yeah. I'm starting to feel like we need to go to a different service. Again. Yeah, again. Hmm. It's very well, we can talk about that off air. Yep. Yep. But I wanted to give a shout out to the people who are listening because I did, like, we know that you're there. We just, there's no chats so we yeah. can't interact. <laughs> Hi Sorry. guys. Yeah, if you're we're not ignoring you, we can't see you. Yep. It says six watching now. Cool. I don't know who they are. And mine says twelve watching now. Uh, Weird. Who knows? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, but now we have we have two weeks worth of Wandavision to catch up on. Yeah. yeah. And are we only, ready? And two more episodes left in the series. I know. Yeah, jump as always. These are very spoiler heavy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the second episode, you're really if you're like, well, I'm just I'm watching it casually. You better do that when we get to that one. Who's watching this show casually? I don't know. Fools. Communists. They don't do anything casually. No. <laughs> uh, Denise, did you have a recap for us? Oh no, did she freeze? Did we just lose her? I think we did. Oh no, she's the one who does the recap. I know. <laughs> I think we'll have, she probably can hear us or and doesn't realize that it's frozen. It'll take her a second. What? Uh, I am trying to remember now what happened on that. Not. Oh. Uh, oh, oh. Oh, it's just her blank face now. Yep. Here it comes. There she, she is. She got out of the hex. There I am. Um, my phone uh, tried to connect to the non-existent Wi-Fi again. Oh. Right, and now I was trying to like actually join in on my phone, so that might <laughs> that might try to happen. Also, if you see if you see that I'm also in the waiting room, that's <laughs> what that is. All right. We'll um, keep an eye on. Okay. So where were we? You were about to recap. Yes. So definitely, uh, these two episodes are are very spoilerable. Uh, so if you are not caught up, the, now is the time to check out. Yes. yes. All right. Starting with episode six. Why didn't I write the name of these down? Um, it was the Halloween episode. Yes. Uh, something something spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and where we when we last left off discussing one Wanda, discussing WandaVision, um Viz uh, had confronted Wanda, Wanda had confronted Sword, and Pietro had shown up at the door, but he looks different. Mm -hmm. Uh, This episode jumps in with a late 90s, early 2000s era um, Disney or Nickelodeon style family sitcom, complete with zany intro, uh, kids breaking the fourth wall, and a cool couch surfing uncle. It 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 was... It was very specifically Malcolm in the Middle. 
Oh, was yes. it? Okay. Oh, yeah. I never I actually never saw that one, so I did not make that connection. Uh but it reminded me of a lot of Disney shows from from that era. That were uh, all aping Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, as the title alludes, it is Halloween, and so Vision, Wanda, Billy, and Tommy, and Pietro are all wearing Halloween costumes that all just happen to be essentially versions, uh, early versions of their comic book costumes. So that's mm-hmm. that's fun. Um, and what's happening is Wanda and Pietro end up taking the kids trick or treating where Wanda is trying to connect with Pietro and they you know talk about memories because they seem to have different recollections of different events or he remembers one thing but she remembers another and so she's kind of mistrustful of him um but uh you know later on he admits like look I don't really remember much um I remember being shot in the street I was dying and then I heard you calling and I knew you needed me um, and during all of this time, the kids are sort of in and out enjoying Halloween and running amok in the neighborhood. Wanda does point out to them to not go past Ellis Street, which is apparently a, an existing rule that the kids are aware of. Um, meanwhile, outside of the barrier, um, the sword people are sort of at each other's throat. Monica wants to reason and work with Wanda saying, you know, if she's the cause of all this, then she has to be our solution also. But uh, Hayward, the guy in charge, uh, doesn't want to hear any of this. Um, he thinks he knows better than other people like Monica because he was around while other people were gone for five years during the blip. Uh, they end up arguing and he gives not just Monica, but also Jimmy and Darcy, the boot, and they're being escorted out, but they knock out their escorts, and uh, that way they can stick around and continue to sort of dig up what's going on, because they are pretty mistrustful of Hayward. Rightly so. They learn that he has found a way to get through the Hex's boundary, but that is not information that he had shared with anybody up to this point. They also find out that he's been tracking Vision's activity inside of the Hex, Uh, And they're able to see that at that time, he is sort of on the outskirts of town where there's little to no activity within the population. Cutting over to Vision, um, he's in the outskirts of Westview sort of investigating, even though he said he was doing neighborhood watch stuff. Um, And now we visibly see that the further out you go from the center of town, the less control there is, or more more specifically, there's less active thought going into people's activities you see a woman who's hanging up yard decorations for halloween and she's just sort of like a like an animatronic uh but also you see like a single tear coming down her face so you know like more deeply how much people are suffering and how like vision sees this as uh, as we progress uh here we have the zany ad break uh, a 3D, a 3D slash claymation style kids commercial about being on a desert island. <laughs> um, and it's an ad for something called Yo Magic, the snack for survivors. Uh, that claymation child died on an island alone. I didn't, didn't really understand what that was foreboding, but, uh, but I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. Uh, back to the show. Uh, Vision decides to kind of fly up and look over the whole town and he finds Agnes in her car just stopped at an intersection uh, happens to be on Ellis Avenue. 
and she's sort of in a fugue state uh, until he starts interacting with her. She says she took a wrong turn and got lost. Weird, since she supposedly has always lived in this town. Uh, he touches her and wakes her up the way he's been doing with some of the other townsfolk. Uh, at which point she recognizes him as an Avenger, but Vision doesn't know what that is. And she tells him that he is dead. Yeah. Uh, she also explains that she can't leave town. Wanda doesn't even let us think about it. At which point she starts to sort of lose it. Uh, and she's like screaming and crying. He zaps her again and then she's kind of back to normal and she heads back towards the center of town. Team Monica, again, still sort of digging up whatever dirt they can find out on what Hayward's real intentions are. Monica says that she has a guy over the ridge who's going to help her break into the hex again. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Emily is saying, uh, you can't do that. You've already gone through twice, and it has it's messing you up on a molecular level. Monica's like, you know, I've kind of seen a lot of weird and unpleasant shit around, um, what's the word, reports about labs. Oh, right. Because, you know, it's, it's a direct reference to her mother's cancer. And so she's pretty nonplussed and is going to do this anyway. So her and Jimmy take off to go deal with that while Darcy stays behind to keep digging up information. Uh, we cut back to Wanda and Pietro. Um, this whole time he's been pretty vocal about what's going on in Westview in terms of like the more meta picture. Um, and he he kind of looks at it with a positive attitude. Um, or at least lighthearted about it. And he's like, where were you hiding the kids all this time? Because uh, up until this episode, there had not been any other children besides the twins. But generally, he feels like she's being very ethical about her mannering, controlling the whole town. Uh, Wanda does seem surprised by this. And even though he asks her, it seems genuine when she says he, she doesn't know how she has accomplished this massive feat. Uh, she explains that she just really remembers feeling alone and empty. Um, and then they were in rescue. Right. Back to Vision, he decides to cross through the hex barrier, but it's pretty difficult. And when he does get to the other side, he starts to be ripped apart and the pieces are being pulled back into the hex. It seems like he's dying. And before he kind of loses consciousness, he, he shouts out to the the sword people who are directly on the outside of the barrier, that the people need help. Inside of town, uh, Billy or Tommy, I don't know which one's which, um, hears this in his head. He clearly has some sort of telepathic functions. He hears what's happening to his father, runs and finds Wanda, explains that he's in trouble and sort of is able to explain what he sees in his mind is happening, at which point Wanda just expands the the barrier of the hex, swallowing up more area and also a pretty good chunk of the sword base of operations that's right outside. Uh, and they become old-timey circus folk. Do you want me to go ahead and jump into seven, or we want to talk about this one first? Uh, I'd like to touch on some things that happened in this one. Yeah. Because yeah. there, were, there were certain clues given. Mm-hmm. Um, like the when Vision meets up with um, 
Agnes, everyone else in the town that has had a modicum of consciousness given back to them has commented, it's like, her, you have to stop her. She is doing this to us. Agnes is the first person who's named Wanda, specifically. Yeah. Which feels suspicious. I hadn't really noticed that. You're right. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. Go ahead. I'll just say, we will touch on this more in the next episode that we talk about here in a minute, but I, I still think to an extent, a lot of this is Wanda's doing in that it's her power, but she's being manipulated into doing it. And there's still the question of, but exactly how her powers are as, as it has been categorized by the Avengers and on all of the books that consider her a threat, that she is a telepath and a telekinetic. Everything that is occurring in Westview has nothing to do with either of those two powers. Yeah. Um, like they help. They help. I think she's starting to absorb her other powers because it's, is it the next episode where we get the commercial for Nexus? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a name she's, that's something she's been called in the comics before. Wanda oh. is the only character in the Marvel Universe that does not have a multiverse equivalent. There is only one Wanda. She is a nexus in the Marvel multiverse. The 616 Wanda is the only Wanda. Um, I think she's absorbing some of the powers that she was supposed to have kind of thing, but we'll get into that, yeah. Um, Sorry, go ahead, Denise. I've definitely seen commentary on the internet about the sort of ramping up of Wanda's powers throughout uh, the movies and now this, where Wanda, in WandaVision, she is the most powerful version we've ever seen on screen. Mm-hmm. Easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the one of the other things that occurred that I liked, like, I think either leans towards the theory that Aaron had or at least answers another question and that is the the escape of our new favorite trio which is Monica, Jimmy and Darcy when they escape from sword custody that wasn't planned <laughs> and the person threw the first punch was Jimmy Woo so that either leads credence to Aaron's theory that this is the Jimmy Woo from the comics and this whole gosh golly gee Boy Scout persona is bullshit. And he is actually 90 years old and works in the service of a dragon. He is the Jimmy Woo. (laughs) Oh, wow. I don't know much about that, but this feels like a good time to point out one of my favorite phrases from this episode was right before Hayward uh, kicks them out uh, or has them escorted out. um, Mm -hmm. They're arguing and Jimmy says... This is not a time to be, uh, what is it? Dang it. This is not a time to diminish your colleagues. Yep. Because he was Mm -hmm. uh, being a jerk to both Monica and Darcy. Mm -hmm. Well, it's pretty obvious that Hayward's a piece of shit. He is. Yes. Oh, I think we all knew He doesn't give two fucks about Wanda. 
and, and he wants to weaponize vision. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's exactly what they're supposed to do. Um, but the other thing I was going to say about Jimmy is by taking the initiative and starting that fight, I think it at least, at the very least, answers the question, was Jimmy snapped? And I think the answer is no. Because this is a decidedly different Jimmy Wu than who we met in Ant-Man and the Wasp. He still has this very good-natured optimism about him, and he is a good person. But in five years' time, since that, you know, since the snap and everyone coming back, he's seen some shit, and he knew it's like, oh, okay, Dipl- all my attempts at diplomacy have failed. I'm going to take all of these guys out. Mm. And Monica was seasoned enough to know to read those cues and go, oh, okay, we're going to beat the crap out of these guys. Yeah. And that's a very, uh, that's actually a very Agents of Atlas thing to do. Of like, mm-hmm. I know what we tried, tried to play nice, kept an eye on y'all, but god damn it, humanity never learns, do they? It's like we're, it's like I'm done playing nice. It's also a nice juxtaposition uh, again against Hayward because right before that scene where they take out their escorts and they're arguing, uh, Hayward's argument is like, oh, you know, like all of you people who were, you know, blipped. Uh, you know, you guys weren't here for the last five years to see the sort of things that we've had to mm-hmm. live through or deal with. Um, you still have the um, the convenience of uh, optimism, basically. Mm-hmm. That he has looked at the last five years and has come out the worst for it. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Jimmy has come out on the better side of that. And Darcy clearly has, because in those five years, she got her doctorate. Yeah. That's true. Because she was going for her doctorate in Thor, right? Or was she her was, master's or just in school? She was uh, an intern in the first Thor. Yes, and I don't think her I don't think her interest was in physics until her internship with Jane Foster. Mm. Okay. And then meeting Thor and having all of these theories proven about the universe and the Einstein Rosenbridge, he went, Oh, this shit's real. I'm right. gonna study this. And she has and multiple degrees, right? It's multiple degrees, probably at least one doctorate. Or we know that she has one doctorate. Yeah, because she says doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Dr. Darcy Lewis. Yeah. yeah. I have another theory about her, but we can wait for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and I think. I mean, the big thing, the big takeaway from the episode six also was just, um, I'm going to like his name, um, the actor who plays Vision. Um, oh, um, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Um, he was, he was amazing in, I mean, he's been great the whole time, but there was a lot of emotion that he had to convey in episode episode six, um, especially the, the part he was able when he's basically being ripped apart when he's dying again as he pushes through the hex. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's screaming in agony as his body's literally dying again from it while being pulled back in. And when you hear him say help, it feels natural that it's help me. He's not asking for that. He's asking mm-hmm. them help them. Yep. Like he's an Avenger like through and through like he, you know, well, he does actually doesn't know what Avengers are, which means that Vision. But as that his doesn't course, make him any less. I was gonna say that's 
that's a well, that's a compliment towards Vision. He is a hero without having to be part of some team. Mm-hmm. He is worthy of picking up the hammer of Thor. Right. Well, maybe. <laughs> he, he did it on screen. Oh, that's right. He did, huh? Yeah, that was the whole, that's the whole point of the the running gag at the beginning of the film of no one being able to pick up the hammer. Is he just hands it to him. Yes, he's like, I know there's nothing I can say or do that's going to make you trust me, but we need to go and hands Thor the hammer. And that's when Thor looks at everybody and goes, let's go. <laughs> I think that was a very Ultron. effective model. Yeah, that was Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's, I, God, I forgot all about that part. Yeah. That's why, like, I know Disney Plus prompts you. It's like, hey, you just watch this. Maybe you should watch this. Like, yes, you're exactly right. I should watch Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah. And I did. I rewatched Age of Ultron after the third this... episode just so I could go, oh, oh, yeah. oh. This episode also does a really, and I think almost heavy-handed push to make you think there's more diabolic forces at play, especially with all the stuff with Pietro. Mm-hmm. You know, calling the twins the little demons, go raise hell. And I'm like, oh, you're laid on a little heavy for this. Um, also, well, I am convinced. That... What? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then plus the part where he's just like really verbal about what's going on. Oh, yeah. He knows Wanda's. He's like, no, I love what you're doing. Totally get it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Right. But he, like, he keeps bringing it up. Well, but it, at least within the episode, it's explained away as it's because he's her twin he's not affected the same way that everyone else seems to be just like yeah. the kids are not affected the same way and i have my thoughts but we have to get into the next episode to why also i think this mm-hmm. pietro is saying all these things right should we jump are into we it yeah all right episode seven for which i also did not get the title of saved if anyone has that but uh, this one is a mockumentary style. Um, very much, like this one, it was really e- an easy read for me. It's basically modern family style acting with the, uh, and the type of camera pushes that they do uh, meets uh, the office style, uh, including the intro theme, which I noticed was all Wanda as they could, it's kind of a clip reel of things and everything only says Wanda and then only until the end of the theme song um, does it show Wanda and Vision added at the end of the title? So that was uh, notable and pretty, you pretty clearly see why as the episode progresses. Um, Vision isn't around. Uh, it starts with Wanda waking up and she has decided to take a quarantine style self isolation day to deal with her problems, chiefly intentionally expanding the borders of the false world that she created. Uh, but during that, Breaking the Fourth Wall is the name of the episode. Yes, it is. Thank you. Um, while she's having her staycation, um, she her powers appear to be in flux, and multiple things in her home continue to fluctuate from the current era that she's in into more vintage and um, just indicative of other eras that we've seen as the show has progressed. Uh, her kids also appear to be grappling with their quickly progressing hours ever since last night, uh, but this largely gets ignored. Um, 
she tells the boys also not to trust Pietro, who is not their uncle, uh, in regards to him having mentioned the night before that their father had been dead before and was going to die again. Um, Agnes comes by later and takes the boys so that Wanda can have her rest time. Uh, she explains to the camera in her living room, um, she doesn't understand what's happening. She doesn't understand why it's falling apart and why she can't fix it. At which point the off camera uh, producer, director, whoever you know would be in these mockumentary style shows uh, interjects with, do you think maybe this is what you deserve? Uh, which is Shocking in the meta sense of mockumentary style production crews do not interact with the people in right. front of the camera, but also it's just a very, uh, and, and Wanda acknowledges that, but also it's just a very deep cutting question to ask somebody uh, in the middle of all this. Um, but again, we just sort of move on and uh, it doesn't really get delved into any further. Outside of Westview, uh, there is no broadcast, uh, so they're not, no, SWORD is no longer picking up on what's happening inside of Westview, at which point Hayward says that uh, everyone needs to get ready because they are launching today, whatever, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Monica and Jimmy receive, are on their way to go meet their people at the other side of the ridge. Uh, they receive Darcy's info that she's finally finished hacking into. Hayward is trying to bring Vision back online and had been unable to do anything. Nothing worked until Wanda took him and was able to reactivate him, uh, which explains why he's been tracking Vision, because he obviously wants to have back uh, his sentient weapon. Um, they meet their contact out on the ridge, uh, where uh, who have brought space-rated equipment, spacesuits, large space rovers, so that they can, in theory, safely break through the barrier. Meanwhile, Vision is still on the edge of town. He wakes up, and he seems okay now. Uh, and he's, again, he was right in front of the, those sword people that got swallowed up when the barrier moved, and he finds Darcy as part of his circus, uh, <laughs> who he first has to free, you know, he has to free her mind like he does with other people uh, before he can get her to cooperate and help, at which point they're good to go, and they start cooperating and heading back towards the center of town. Um Ad break that you mentioned, Aaron. Uh, Nexus, a prescription yeah. antidepressant to, to anchor you back to reality or the reality of your choice. Side effects include feelings, uh, feeling your feelings, confronting your truth, seizing your destiny, possibly more de depression. Uh, with the final <laughs> tagline, Nexus, because the world doesn't revolve around you, or does it? Um, and also in the episode, she is taking a pill. She is taking Nexus. Yes, yes. A, a, a couple minutes later, someone walks yeah. in on her, and she is she is taking that medication, um, which I didn't catch the first time. So that was I'm glad that I rewatched that. Today. Yeah, same here. Pick up on that. Um, so now Billy and Tommy are at Agnes's house, and one of them mentions that he likes being here because it's quiet. And then he looks at Agnes like right in the eyes, and things get you know the whole scene gets quiet, and he says, "You're quiet, Agnes, on the inside." which is a very haunting thing for a little boy to say to you. Um, but again, everyone just kind of blows past it. Like things are not being addressed in the moment uh, is like the theme of this episode. The, the other theme of this episode, I should say. Right. 
We cut to uh, outside of the barrier again. Monica suits up, gets in this rover, and starts trying to break through the barrier, but she cannot do it with the equipment. The equipment gets sucked up and spit back out as a changed uh, thing again. And when this when this happens, Monica decides to just push through on her own. She's like, I can get through. And she runs back towards the barrier and forces her way through. Definitely she has more trouble this time than the first time or the time that she got ejected. Um, and like Darcy had explained, it changed her. So you see her pushing through the barrier and she's experiencing different memories as she's going through this and just like slogging through. And when she comes out of the other side, you can see that she is different. Her eyes have become blue. We get to see <laughs> Westview from her own perspective, and it looks very sci-fi-y. She, um, yeah, she, yeah. Also, when she kind of stumbles out of the barrier, she does a little bit of a superhero pose with the oh, one knee and the fist. Nothing little about it. Uh -huh. No, 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 no. But she does a real one later, like full on. This one is like, oh, I'm falling, and she just happens to land in a superhero pose. Um. Vision and Darcy are trying to still trying to make their way back to the main part of town um, while Darcy has sort of been explaining the recent events that we know from the movies that has that led to Vision's death and return and he doesn't really know what any of this is he has no memory of these things. Um, uh, but she does say, like, look, I don't know a lot about what's happening right now or why but what I do know is that I've seen I've been watching you two in the broadcast and your love that is real whatever yeah. else is going on this is this is true um also this is taking a long time because there's a lot of weird random barriers like street construction and herds of children crossing the street even though they're still on the outskirts of town um eventually vision is like why am i doing this and he flies off to try to just get back to his house uh leaving darcy alone in the funnel truck <laughs> Uh, Monica arrives at uh, Wanda and Vision's house. Wanda immediately goes on the offensive and she doesn't want to talk. Um, so they're somewhere between like a, they're on the edge of having a physical fight, but Monica is trying to talk to her and just communicate with her. She's starting to get through about the importance of taking down the barrier and what's going to happen if she doesn't, when all of a sudden, this shows up and takes Wanda away just like in a, in a very like protective I'm your friend I'm here to help you and this is not what you need kind of way yeah um and so now we're in Agnes's house where we last saw the kids uh but they're not there uh so she, Wanda asks where they are and she says oh they're probably in the basement Wanda goes looking for them and that is when <laughs> Agnes shows up in the basement with her and is revealed to be not Agnes, but Agatha Harkness, who gets her very own Monsters style intro theme. Agnes so all along. <laughs> it's like one of the best parts of the whole episode. I uh, love that she was. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking. Okay, go, go. That's pretty much the end of the episode. However, this one actually happens to have a post credits scene. That's the first time that they've done this. Um, and it's Monica looking for a way to break into Agnes's house, Agnes slash Agatha, uh, when Pietro finds her and then they cut out. Presumably he attacks her and, you know, ties her yeah. up and takes her back into the basement. But we'll find out next week. This week. Oh, I, lo I love that we oh, yes. saw the creation of Photon in that episode. Which one's Photon? 
Monica. So, so uh, I thought so too, except then my friend Justin pointed something out. It's like if you watched um, how she saw things, it was as if she were seeing things in a different spectrum, which is her other other superhero name. Oh, that's true. But her call sign is also Photon. No, her mother's oh, her call mother's sign was Photon. Right. Photon. So uh, it could be either or. It could be I'm going to take the name Photon because it honors my mother or she's going to go with Spectrum because that's what she's seeing. I think this is where Darcy is going to step in and start naming the rest of the Marvel superhero characters that start popping up. I think they're just going to merge those two powers together. The yep. Photon and the Spectrum. Yep. Because like anyone who's ever worn the moniker of Captain Marvel in Marvel, you have to have an incredibly convoluted history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't just have a power. I, I did like that her, the uniform that she was wearing underneath the spacesuit was very much an homage to her Captain Marvel, the comic book character's yeah. Captain Marvel uniform. Yeah. Um, Which apparently you can order that as a sweater. Nice. Yeah, that shield that shirt, yeah, you can order that as a With sweater. Sword. Nice. sword, yeah. So something I totally forgot about Wanda. So even in the comics, Wanda started as, yeah, a telepath and a telekinetic. Mm-hmm. But she's, in the Marvel Comics history, her birthplace was a place called Mount Wondagore, which, in I know, in Marvel history, is where Marvel's old gods fell. Mm-hmm. The old gods are the ones that have chaos magic. Chaos magic is the shit that even the Sorcerer Supreme can't control and scares them. I forgot in the comics, um, Agatha Harkness is the one who teaches Wanda to tap into her chaos innate chaos magic abilities. She's why Wanda is the most powerful, one of the most powerful people in the Marvel Universe now. Mm-hmm. Because she totally wanted to use her, but she taught her. They become, they become enemies at some point. Oh, so, yeah. I think pretty much from the get-go. Yeah, Agatha's, Agatha's not been allies to anyone. She's she's uh, she's tormented the Fantastic Four, which is also cool. She's one of their main bad guys that people kind of forget. Um, yeah, I've never heard of this character. She, she dates back to the Salem Witch Trials. She is one of the... Yeah actual Salem witches. She is, yeah, the one who survived. I would say that would explain why the Harkness name is familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the comic, when she was first introduced, she's literally drawn like an evil Aunt May, which is very disturbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the comics, the only pers- the only creatures that she really doesn't bow down to are Nightmare, Mephisto, Chult, their their elder god, and maybe Dormammu, but I don't think Dormammu gives her much grief either. Plus, Dormammu's been taken care of by the Sorcerer Supreme in the first Strange movie. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to keep feeding into the damn Mephisto rumors because I still think it's just too obvious. Oh, um, I saw that too. That people think Pietro is actually Mephisto. So I think Pietro is Ralph, the husband we never see. I think Ralph and Mr. Scratchy the <laughs> Rabbit is the same thing. Oh, and I think they tried to throw people for a curve by not making Agnes's pet a cat. Because Agatha Harkness has a cat. A black cat. I believe she calls Mr. Scratch. Hmm. Which is an old maybe, term for Maybe he devil. really is a cat, but she's been covering, up as, covering him up as a rabbit. Maybe, Just yeah. Because, you know? Or, or, 
or Mr. Scratchy can be whatever the hell it wants to be. Mm-hmm. Like it's Senior a familiar, Scratch. but it's all, but it's, it's a familiar, but it's also sentient. Mm-hmm. So its real name is Ralph, but she calls him Senior Scratch. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I like that idea. That's good. Yeah, that's I like fine. that. Yeah. So that's a good theory. I think, uh, I, I think one thing we can say for, well, I guess maybe not say for sure, but, um, you know, everyone sort of, well, everyone, Wanda and Darcy, at least, have been lingering on the fact that Pietro looks different than um, than what they remember. Uh, and, you know, at the very end of this episode, um, he presumably attacks Monica, implying that he is working with or for Agatha. Um, so that well, I... I that was shown in the it was Agatha all along segment where she's mm-hmm. sitting on the lawn and using her magic to oh, right, puppet, right. Mm-hmm. puppet Pietro. Yeah. So whatever Pietro actually is, it it is working as a functionary for Agatha. Yes. Um, and that that was that was my takeaway too. It's like okay, well maybe we're we're looking at a multiverse. Oh, it's focus a situation. Um, well, but now, but now we see that it's it's less about the fact that there is a multiverse and the fact and the fact that this particular version of Pietro is a plant. Possible, yeah. Um, and they said we still have one more Skywalker level surprise cameo. Yes. Mm. Um, they haven't. Paul Bettany in an interview with Esquire said that um, he was asked, it's like, is Dr. Strange going to show up? And he's like, I can't answer that because Disney will fire me. (laughs) But what I can say is we do have cameo. It is a person that I wanted to work with for a long time. We had great on-screen chemistry together. It was fantastic. And you're really going to enjoy this cameo. So gave no, no yeah, hint to at, gender, no hint to character, no hint to who, whomever this person right. is. That still could be Doctor Strange because they it actually be. were never on screen together. No, they were not. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. The other um, weird Doctor Strange connection I had, just really quick, I actually had to go back and watch Doctor Strange because I was like, something about that book looks familiar. So first, I think that book is The Darkhold. Mm-hmm. It's a big, like, it's basically Marvel's Necronomicon. And I went back and watched Doctor Strange and that part when he's being taught the ways of magic by the master or by the old one, he mm-hmm. goes to a library and every book is locked except one which is missing. And the, and the master, was it the master or the old one? The old one, right? The, uh, the ancient the, one. The ancient. The ancient actually tells him those books are too powerful even for the Sorcerer Supreme. I think Agatha has the Darkhold. Which is, that makes which is, sense. Which is also really impressive because that means that Fihe had that in the back of his mind like six years ago. Like, they intentionally left that book blank because they knew one day they were going to do something with it. Mm-hmm. They may not have had an idea of exactly they, what yeah, that was. Right, but still, that's some impressive, you know, forward thinking of writing. There, there's also a lot of credence to yes, he did have that in mind. Because I've seen, I think, three interviews with um, Elizabeth Olsen that came out when Age of Ultron came out. And one of them 
she goes through like it's an illustrated history of the character of the Scarlet Witch. She's like, I'm playing Scarlet Witch. This is how this is her origin in the comic and kind of goes through all of her high points. And right. if you watch it, it's like, yeah, that's everything that you've been doing in WandaVision right now. And then another interview is with her and the and the actor that played the Ultron Quicksilver. And the interviewer is like, so you're now in the Marvel Universe. What do you want to do next with your character? And she's like, I don't quite know how it could happen in the MCU, but the storyline that I really like for my character is House of M. Yeah. It's like... Oh shit! You've yeah. you've read all the books. You know exactly what you want to do, and <laughs> yeah. like, oh okay, you're moving towards House of M. <laughs> yeah, which is cool. I that mm, I have thoughts about if the cameo ends up being Magneto because that creates something weird and hard to track with. But yeah, and it would have to be Fastbender. Even then, even then they have I know we're dealing with like weird Marvel and magic and shit like that but they're going to mm-hmm. have to age him mm-hmm. because Fastbenders even you know he is a holocaust survivor yeah. which means as we know it Magneto does not age any slower than anyone else mm-hmm. so they're going to have to put let's say Eric was 13 when it happened. So let's say being pretty conservative with it, it's been 70 years for him. Mm-hmm. You know, so he'd they're going to have to... He'd be near 90. Yeah, he'd be pushing near 90 if they want Magneto to be the cameo, if they want Fassbender. It, it's 2021. 20, World War Two was nearly 100 years ago. You're right, that's true. Yeah, he yeah. would be in his late 80s to early 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the chat's slowly starting to come to life. Yahoo's Aww. finally getting it working. So we got Bex YouTube. there. Or, yeah, so, I'm sorry, YouTube. Yeah. Hi, Bex. Um, so, yeah, I'm there's actually a... not going to open it because I don't want to yeah, yeah. push the limits of my bandwidth um, here. That's fair. Yeah, I felt like this episode was all about giving us that Agatha reveal. Yes. And, and to me, that was like the least surprising thing in the episode. It's like, oh, yep, there's the confirmation that she's Agatha Harkness. Right. It was already a really popular uh, fan theory. So, Mm -hmm. What I found more interesting was the stuff with Monica. Like, you were talking about the memories that she was seeing when she's Mm -hmm. passing through the barrier. Mm -hmm. All of that was dialogue from Captain Marvel. I thought so. I was I rewatched it recently. Yeah. I... I, uh, I since I rewatched it recently when they introduced adult uh, Monica Rambo, it's like uh, watching Captain Marvel now. It's like I recognized all of like like oh yeah, that's Brie Larson's dialogue. <laughs> that that's Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So like pairing that with her being changed by the hex, it's like oh yeah, you we're one hundred percent making you a superhero now. That's what we're doing. Cool. Um, so I thought that was fascinating and then the the other thing that I found intriguing about the episode had to do with Darcy 
and that is she explains everything to Vision about what happened to the Avengers, right? And mm-hmm. how he died and everything. Darcy wasn't there for any of that. Why does an astrophysicist have clearance to something that should be top secret and doled out by the Pentagon? Uh, and I mean, my some theory, of that stuff would be some of it public, right? Because it happens out in the world. Yeah, I think hiding the Wakanda. <laughs> I feel like hiding. Uh, yeah, but Wakanda's made Wakanda's made a point of being very open with everything. Yes, but in the period that they opened their borders and when the Infinity War happened is probably about six months. Yeah, so which there are still, still makes people. sense to me. Yeah, but that still that still doesn't mean that everyone would know intimate details about what happened there. Right, but I think they would know that Vision died. I, I, I feel like the way Wakanda's trying to run itself... Mm-hmm. I bet other governments were like, no, we have to hide the fact that an almost, you know, old, you know, earth-shattering ending war happened. We got to keep it a secret. And Wakanda's like, no. Happened in our land. We're telling everybody everything. Yep. Nope. No more secrets kind of thing. Yeah, the general of our army is currently in charge of Wakanda because we're missing the king yeah. and his sister and other members of the royal And also, family. you know... She's still probably buddies with Jane Foster, and you know Thor can't keep his mouth shut when he's talking to her. This is true. <laughs> that right. actually seemed like the likelier reason that she knew as much as she did. This is my far-fetched reason as to why Darcy knew what they're talking, what uh, everything that Vision needed to know and has been able to provide as much exposition. That's not Darcy. No? Who do you think it is? I but think wait, it is. Hold on. I, I have one other before you go into sure, your sure. Go, thing. Go, go. It's, yeah. Um, why wouldn't, why else would they call Darcy in on this sword, um, you know, um, joint operation mm-hmm. if she isn't already aware to some degree of these like inner workings of the Avengers and their events? She might have a position outside of these current events. Mm-hmm. that she developed over the last five years that keeps her connected to Avengers, S.W.O.R.D., and those activities. And that is completely plausible and most likely the answer as to why she's up to date on this. My far-fetched theory, um, have either of you watched the trailers for the other upcoming uh, Disney Plus shows? Yes, and I, ha- if, I have it. If you think Darcy's Loki, that's awesome. I think Darcy is Loki. <laughs> the Darcy that we've been seeing for the last seven weeks. Yes. Weeks. But I really got to start keeping up on more. That of this he's stuff. just trying to. You haven't seen the Loki tra- trailer? I don't think so. I don't remember. Right. Maybe after this, it. we'll do a quick little show, really quick. Yeah, the, the, essentially, it gives it blends Loki with some very Umbrella Academy type um, agency that spans both time, space, and uh, universes. Uh, spoilers, that, Loki thing. spoilers mm-hmm. that Loki trailer is what inspired the next, uh, the next arc in our Star Trek role-playing game. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that's, I think it is not, I think it's very specifically the Loki. It, if it turns out to be that Darcy is actually Loki, it's Loki from his television series. 
which would then further entwine the, the shows together. Yeah, the other, totally. The other nerdy thing I thought, the reason why they're no longer receiving the broadcast is that now WandaVision's in the era of streaming, so why would they get a broadcast? <laughs> so, like, um, this show could potentially end with some kind of commentary on the fact that every TV show you love has now become streaming. Mm, creepy. Uh, I, I, I enjoy uh, that humorous uh, commentary, but just because we've now Wanda's world has now hit the age of streaming doesn't mean like that would that 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 signal would still go out. I mean, a, a traditional broadcast signal is not really that much of a thing now, but it's still that signal still went out in the early weeks of of all of this or early days. It's really only been like a week, right? This, this world uh, yeah. that, that she has just, created. Yeah, Darcy says as much when she says, I've been watching WandaVision all week. Yeah, like, that's right. Oh, good God. Which means it's also three weeks from when everybody returned. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that one episode Wanda even mentioned that I just got used to you guys being toddlers yesterday. And they're, mm-hmm. you know... Or something like that. Yeah. No. Every yeah. every episode has been like very clear about the fact that they are picking up the next morning, essentially, from right. what we last saw. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the, just easy to forget when it takes you two months to watch it. it. It's it's just also very like it. It's good to keep in mind that it is three weeks after the Avengers defeated Thanos. Right. Because for us, it's been a couple of years. Yes. Yeah, but it so, is only three weeks away from the massive battle that destroyed the Avengers compound in upstate New York. Which is also why at this time which would also explain why Doc Strange isn't available to help out Nick Fury in, Far from, in Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh-huh. Because Far From Home is going to take place about two months after WandaVision, which means Doc Strange will be hella busy. I thought it took place like six months after Endgame. I guess so, yeah. So, still, that's why he's busy. Yeah. <laughs> also, that's why everyone's busy. Like, oh, okay, we have everyone back now. We have a lot of infrastructure to re- to put back together. Right. Wanda, that's what you could be doing. Bridges, <laughs> roads, <laughs> healthcare. Oh man, if only. Yeah, awesome. Um, I I have no idea how one division is going to end. I know we've got two episodes left, and it's still like I'm yeah. just enjoying the ride. I heard it's, a rumor the last two are going to be hour long episodes, but who knows? The the rumor the rumor was it was it's supposed to be the last three episodes. I I think it's just rumors. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um it's been fun to speculate. I yeah. Um, my friend Justin had one other speculation that I wanted to pop on here. I know that Darcy was chained to the tractor and was the escape artist because she was chained to a truck. She was handcuffed to a truck. That could be, by the yeah. way. But he also read it as Darcy is part of, is going to be important in them getting out. Otherwise, why is she an escape artist in a carnival full of clowns? <laughs> 
everyone else's sword was turned into a clown. I like that so much more than the theory I read about online as to uh, that whole situation about her being an escape artist. What did um, you read? Then, yeah. uh, essentially, they were saying that it was a clickbaity thing, but it's, they were saying that um, her being an escape artist and then shrugging off those chains were supposed to be this like snub at the Thor franchise because she had been in the first one but then was dropped off in the second and third films. Um, she was in so the second film? Maybe just the third one then, but um, I'd have to look at it again to remember what they said. But the whole point being like, oh, you know, they like, they just threw her away as a character and they didn't need her anymore. Um, but by way of her shrugging off the chains, she's just as strong as Thor and doesn't need that franchise because now she gets to have her own, you know, she gets to be this big player in this other show. It was, it was kind of convoluted. It, I was like, I regret What website this. was this? I, I don't remember. It was somebody's op-ed, you know? Oh. That's, that is... I'm like, glad you're really have, raging. Yeah, I'm glad to have Darcy in this show. I'm glad to have Darcy in the MCU. Um, those movies were called Thor, not Darcy. Mm-hmm. She That's also had her uh, own TV show for a while, so I, the yeah. performers do it. Chad Dennings is fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, that is someone reading some very personal things they're going through into someone's mm. tele- fictional character. That's, yeah, I, like maybe they're just lot. like a really big Kat Dennings fan. She's had more than one show that she leads, by the way. So, okay, I did know her. She's totally fine. I like that she kind of pretty much channeled um, her character from Two Broke Girls for the the little part where she was under the influence of WandaVision. <laughs> she, uh, mm, hard pass. I feel like that's like her like core character in anything she does. Mm-hmm. Smarmy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like charmingly self-interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn, I wish I had saved that article too because that would have been... I didn't I didn't think it was going to come up. Um, but it was bad. It was bad. Um, I, I also heard that uh, Julie Bowen from Modern Family watched this episode yeah, and uh, like has been praising Elizabeth Olsen since because it was very specifically she was doing an homage to uh, a performance that Julie Bowen did where she, her character was going through depression and staying at home and, and like that entire arc she's like this was amazing this was I, I can't think of a, a nicer way to spend the anniversary of the last episode of Modern Family than to have seen this. Yeah, she mentioned so. that. She's like, yeah, Elizabeth Olsen nailed it. Yeah. I didn't see it, but I actually, I have watched the entirety of Modern Family, and I, I, I also, like, it's, it is a spot-on performance. But with the office-style opening. <laughs> yes! Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you missed that part. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, it was, a, The Office is one of my all-time favorite shows, probably. Uh, modern, and um, that was that was fun. That was a, a fun combination of of themes. 
Oh, most of them have been really great. The the right. Halloween spooktacular was less so for me. But like I said, I never watched Malcolm in the Middle and I'm not overly interested in zany, kid-centric family comedies. Yeah, that's... Uh... As far as, like, I'm not either. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle ended up being more about the entire family and less about just the kids doing wacky things. Yeah, it really did. Right. And if I had watched that show, I would be able to connect it in that way. But to me, it just just played like wacky Disney sitcom. Uh, uh, To quote Jimmy from from this episode, that's a broad... uh, overstatement of terms but yes or broad overstatement of god damn it now i can't remember the quote it's like broad generalization of events but yes uh but that's okay though they they totally reeled me back in with Mm -hmm. episode seven two two to go i know i know i'm i don't know what where do they go from here in terms of television, you know, family sitcom eras? That's what I mean. It's got to be. It's got to be something streamed. It's got to be some kind of streamed thing. Shit Creek. Or if they get super meta with it, they will do a streaming reboot of one of the older episodes of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. There's also always the potential that, you know, because it is the last two episodes of the show, things are just going to start coming to a head and we're not really going to be dealing with the broadcast anymore. Right, yeah. It's like, already I feel, down. I feel like we're moving that direction just because yeah. all of the players are now, almost all of the players are now known and in the same place. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I'm guessing that that's actually the likelier scenario is that there is no more broadcast. Shit's just going to hit the fan now. Yeah. I'll be sad to see it go, but we've got two more weeks of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I can I can still say well, with a certainty that this is the, the most invested I've ever been uh, and continue to be in anything from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, they're going to... I feel like yeah. they've set a a bar that is not going to be very fair for Falcon and Winter Soldier. I was about to say that. I hope people don't compare the two because they are completely different animals. Mm -hmm. I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to that one just because I I like those two characters and I think that one's going to be fun. Yeah, if if you're going to give me a spy action show with those two characters, okay. I'm even more excited that the showrunner said, oh no, this is very specifically a black superhero television show. Yeah. and I'm on board. Yeah. And we, we don't have enough of those, so they've we all don't. been canceled. Well, isn't Black Lightning getting a spinoff show? Yeah, Black Lightning? But, it also, but it's been yeah. canceled. Well, yeah. But so it's after, one for one. It has, it's finishing at its last season. I should also, I want to mention, I have started watching... <coughs> oh, Batwoman. Um we'll have an interesting talk when we've all watched that. Yeah, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, I think we should just watch it all. I think we'll have to do like an actual season conversation about it. We don't have time to cram in more shows. We don't. Not if we're going to talk this long about each one. 
No, and we're going to, and I don't know if uh, Falcon and Winter, I'm assuming we're going to do that one. I don't know if Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to have as much of a deep thought conversation. Sure. I think it's by nature of the type of show they're making. I, I feel like we should all watch the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier and then kind of talk if we want to do that. I, I do feel like That's we're going to go, but I feel like the other Disney Plus series that we'll end up wanting to do this again with will be Loki. Yeah. Because that feels weird. <laughs> yes. And they announced I, I, another show, too. I don't remember what. Like okay. In, no, there was something else that was being mentioned, and I can't remember what it... I can't remember anymore. I know there's What If, which is an animated series. Right. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, that should be kind of a trip. But yeah, I don't remember what I the other one is. I what it was. I do wish in hindsight, like, that uh, instead of giving um, the Black Widow movie, I wish they had now done a Disney Plus series. Yeah, when the hell does that come out? Um I think it comes out in April, April or May, because I've seen the, the, the memes of, in two months, Black Widow drops in theaters, and people follow up with, Black Widow dropped in theaters two years ago. Oh. Uh, Moon Knight's the other weird one that's coming out. Yes. And that's we're also, with, getting, um, I forgot, we're also getting, we're also getting, yeah, Hawkeye, we're getting Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Which we're supposedly going to get that late this year, but COVID, I know, kind of threw off filming of everything. Uh, she Hulk. Miss Marvel movie or show? Show. Show. With Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know and, anything and about Oscar, it. Really, Oscar but... Isaacs is playing Moon Knight. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I'm real uh, wish I'd read Moon Knight, aren't I? I'll give you the list of which ones. Super. Uh, and then we're getting a secret invasion uh, that's going to have Samuel Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, Disney Plus, I believe announced, but it's still TBA, is uh, Ironheart is going to get a show. Oh, boss okay. Boss. Ironheart is... Riru Williams. Yeah, she's 15? Yeah, she's yeah. the spiritual successor to Iron Man. Yeah. She's smarter than he is. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, so yeah, plenty of yeah, plenty of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good place to wrap up the show, guys. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that being said, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Bianarita. And I'm Cable Hushani. And we will talk to everybody next week. Bye. <laughs>